BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Thursday, July 23rd. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Microsoft shows Halo Infinite gameplay, shares all kinds of Xbox Series X and Game Pass announcements, and announces Stalker 2, and perhaps most excitingly, a new Fable. Microsoft announces a new Fable, shows Halo Infinite gameplay, and just a ton more. Microsoft shared this morning what in all likelihood would have basically been its E3 2020 presentation had E3 been a thing this year. There was no price or release date announcement for the Xbox Series X console, but Microsoft did show a lot of exciting stuff like Halo Infinite gameplay and a pre-rendered trailer for a new Fable, among many other announcements. Microsoft also said that every game shown on that presentation would be on Game Pass on their respective release days, which is really awesome. The show kicked off with Halo Infinite campaign gameplay. It showed Master Chief hanging out with the character we met at E3 2018, a soldier stranded in space missing his family who comes across Master Chief while drifting through space. The story of the game seems to be that stranded in space guy really wants to get home, understandably, but in finding Master Chief, he gets put on a path where he must help to defeat all the banished before they activate a halo, I assume, and destroy all life in the universe. This is me making a lot of assumptions based on just a few interactions from the footage shown, but I really like the idea of a smaller, more personal story of a normal guy just wanting to get home, but being constantly put in danger by Master Chief. Everyone usually treats Master Chief like a deity. So if this is the story of the game, I like the whole reluctant hero who sees Master Chief as a dangerous burden kind of angle. We'll see if that's what the game ends up being. The important part, though, was the gameplay, which they showed a lot of. It was very reminiscent of classic Halo 1 gameplay, specifically the second level where you first land on the Halo ring. But Master Chief did show that he could sprint and he threw up a shield. He picked up some new weapons and he used a grappling hook, both as a weapon and as a way to maneuver the environment. They also showed Master Chief opening up a map in a pause menu, which implies some kind of open world. It could be just really large levels, but it felt like a pretty obvious nod toward an open world. I really liked what they showed, honestly. I don't know that I have been this excited about a new Halo since maybe Reach. All they had for release date was holiday 2020. I'm guessing Halo Infinite's release date will become clear when the Xbox Series X console's release date is revealed. Next up was a a big surprise, for me anyway. A pre-rendered trailer was shown for State of Decay 3. I streamed the full presentation with MinMax, and before we started, we talked about the potential of State of Decay 3. 
And I thought it was impossible and that, if anything, they would just announce an enhanced version of State of Decay 2 for Series X. So I was super wrong. I'm sure it's still a ways away, considering the trailer was pre-rendered, but it showed a woman surviving in the wilderness, yelling at wolves, and hunting a zombified deer. A new Forza Motorsport was then shown, and I phrase it that way, a new Forza Motorsport, because it didn't have a number at the end of the title. This is the eighth one, but maybe Microsoft wants to start treating Forza as a games-as-service game, you know, drop the number. Watching it on the stream didn't do it a lot of favors, just because you couldn't see the 4K or the higher frame rate, but I assume it looked great. Everwild from Rare was not announced today, but a lot more of it was shown. It looks like a co-op exploration game where you're saving animals. No one was holding any weapons in the game or anything. The art looks fantastic. It's one I definitely want to know more about, and I think the internet does too. It seemed to be the one folks were most excited about. The creators of the Life is Strange series Don't Nod showed a new trailer for their previously announced game, Tell Me Why, and revealed that the first episode is coming to Game Pass on August 27th. I wish they would get away from episodic games, personally. I like what Don't Nod is doing. I just wish it wasn't doled out in episodes. Unlike episodes of TV shows, which release at a specific cadence, about a week apart, video game episodes are inconsistent and release months apart, and it just really hurts the pace and flow of any narrative. Moon Studios, the developer behind the Ori series, did not announce a new game, but revealed its plans for the Xbox Series X version of Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I love that game. I love that it is getting upgraded for Series X, but like Forza earlier in the stream, seeing it on the stream just didn't really do a good job of showcasing what exactly was being improved. I'm still very excited about it, though. Obsidian revealed some planned The Outer Worlds DLC with Peril on Gorgon, which is coming September 9th. Obsidian's other game that is releasing soon, Grounded, also got a new trailer, and its July 28th game preview slash early access Steam release date was confirmed. After that, though, Obsidian offered one of the show's bigger surprises. They said they were getting ready to show their next big RPG, and I actually preemptively wrote down The Outer Worlds 2 in my notes, but then I had to cross it out as footage of a medieval game was shown. The trailer followed a flaming arrow flying through the sky and landing near a character who picked up a sword with their right hand and cast a spell with their left hand from the first-person perspective, and the game's title, Avowed, was revealed. If The Outer Worlds is kind of Obsidian's reaction to Bethesda's Fallout games, Avowed has the potential to be its reaction to Bethesda's Elder Scrolls games, which is pretty cool. A studio called Interior Night then showed some footage of a game called As Dusk Falls, which appears to be a story-focused game about a family of criminals, I think. It had an interesting animation style that I'm not sure if it reflects the final game or not. Ninja Theory reminded everyone that it is, in fact, working on Hellblade 2, and though they had nothing new to show from the game, they did say that the sequel takes place in Iceland. Psychonauts 2 got a new trailer with Jack Black, who has become a double-fine staple at this point, after being the protagonist in Brutal Legend. The trailer showed Raz visiting an extremely psychedelic and colorful mind, 
while Jack Black sang a song all about what was happening. I assume it's just one level from the game, but it looked great. I am very excited for Psychonauts 2, to the point where I am considering going back and replaying Psychonauts 1 in preparation. Some gameplay from Destiny 2's next expansion, Beyond Light, was shown, and Guardians could be seen using weird shadow powers to you know, fight aliens, but also create platforms coming out of walls and sort of setting up shields. We've known Destiny 2 was coming to Series X for some time, but we learned today it will be streamable on xCloud, which means you'll be able to play it on your phone, which is pretty cool. The expansion, Beyond Light, is coming in November. Stalker 2 was announced with a pre-render trailer, which looked very creepy and very cool. I never played the original Stalker, but I really like what was shown of Stalker 2. And speaking of video game franchises that I am honestly not super familiar with, Warhammer 40,000 Darktide was also revealed, which looks like a co-op, maybe Left 4 Dead-inspired shooter that takes place in the Warhammer 40,000 universe. Like a Warhammer Vermintide spinoff, maybe. It was a pre-rendered trailer, so it is hard to assume too much. Tetris Effect is coming to Xbox Series X with a new title, Tetris Effect Connected, which will add some multiplayer elements to the game, which is cool. It looks like it's coming to Series X and PC first, and then the Connected update will be added to the PlayStation 4 version later. The Gunk, which is a great name, is a new game from the creators of the Steam World series of games, but unlike the Steam World games, which have all been 2D, this is a 3D game that follows a young girl with a robotic vacuum cleaner arm as she explores an alien planet, cleaning up the titular gunk. I liked what they showed of it. Bloober Team showed some more of its previously announced game, The Medium, and this new trailer offered a better sense of what the game is. It looks like you're exploring while existing in two different realities. Fantasy Star Online 2 is coming to Xbox Series X and PC first. And uh, you know what? Let's take a small break right there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Crossfire was also shown. Crossfire is a military shooter franchise that is incredibly popular outside of the United States, specifically in China. It's one of those game series that is a big deal, even if, as Americans, we're not super familiar with it. But Remedy, the creators of Control, Alan Wake, Quantum Break, Max Payne, etc., 
are making a single-player, first-person shooter campaign based in that Crossfire universe. And they had a trailer for it with some gameplay peppered throughout. I don't know a lot about Crossfire, but I am excited to play a new Remedy single-player campaign. And the fact that it is a first-person shooter makes it all the more interesting, as Remedy basically specializes in third-person. So to see them trying something new is very cool. Before finishing out with its one more thing, Microsoft said that Forza Horizon 4, Sea of Thieves, and Gears 5 would all be getting enhanced for Xbox Series X, which is good news. But then it revealed that thing that I had been most excited to see by revealing that a new Fable is in fact in the works. There were a few downsides to the Fable trailer, but Considering all I really wanted was a confirmation that a new Fable was being worked on at all, it's hard to complain. The trailer was pre-rendered, at least I assume it was pre-rendered, and it featured a monologue about telling your own story over footage of a tiny fairy flying through a forest. And then the fairy was eaten in a comical fashion by a frog, and the voiceover said that not every story has a happy ending, and the title Fable appeared on screen. The trailer... It didn't really offer a sense of what the game would be like, really. I assume the look of the game will hew close to the trailer. It seems like the series' sense of humor is intact, but those were about my only takeaways. We didn't even get a number after the title. Like I said, though, I am just happy to have a confirmation that a new fable is being worked on. It was also confirmed that Playground, the studio behind the Forza Horizon series, is developing it, which has been rumored for a while And I think it will be a good fit. I am really excited to learn more. Overall, it was a good show. It kind of inarguably did not have the impact of the PlayStation 5 show. There were certainly exciting announcements, like Fable. But for the most part, everything that was shown were games that had been previously announced. It was still great to see so many, though. And I think it's really cool that all the games shown are games that will be available on Game Pass. That is a service that really only continues to get better and better. Microsoft is leaning into it hard, and I think it will pay off for them in the long run in a big way. Here's what released today. Carry On is out today on Switch, Xbox One, and PC. Not PlayStation 4, though, which is kind of surprising. It's a Metroid-y game where you play as a monstrous blob. I actually got a chance to start playing it last night, and we'll talk about it in the closing segment, so you can stick around for that. The Switch version of Crisis Remastered, which got delayed after some negative reception following a leaked trailer, is out today on Switch. The port was done by Saber Interactive, the studio that ported Witcher 3 to Switch, so they're pretty good at what they do. I am curious to see how the game looks and plays on Switch. I am also curious to see if this is indicative of more Crisis coming in the future, whether that's follow-up ports of Crisis 2 and 3, or maybe a Crisis 4 being in development. I'm just curious what Crytek's long-term plans for the Crisis series are. Crisis Remastered is also in development for Xbox One and PlayStation 4, though a release date has not been offered for those platforms outside of the broad 2020 window. Roki, which is spelled R-O-K-I with an umlaut over the O, is out today on Steam. It's a game from former Guerrilla Games art directors, and it follows a young girl on a fantastical adventure. It has great animation, and it looks like you encounter all these mythical monsters, and there's some point-and-click adventure-style puzzles. It looks cool. I wasn't familiar with it until seeing it today as a new release, but I am intrigued. This is kind of a weird one, but I think it's cool. The developer of Dying Light 
Techland, had another announced game in the works called Hell Raid. It was playable at a few trade shows. I actually wrote a preview for it for Game Informer, but development on the game was indefinitely suspended at some point, i.e., you know, canceled, as Techland focused its efforts on Dying Light 2. But it turns out that development was not wasted, as today, the original Dying Light is getting DLC in the form of Hell Raid, which takes at least some of that content and adds it to Dying Light. Dying Light, of course, is a game about surviving using parkour skills in a world infested by zombies, but Hell Raid was supposed to be a dark medieval fantasy game where you would fight things like skeletons with melee weapons in dungeons. So, starting today, you can buy the Hell Raid DLC for Dying Light, and you can fight things like skeletons in dungeons using melee weapons. It's strange, but I think very smart what Techland has done here, repurposing some thought-abandoned development efforts into a fun, unique Dying Light mode. That's it for gaming news today. I played some Carry On last night, the Devolver Digital published game where you play as a monster, which, when stated like that, doesn't sound too unique, but the design of the monster is really what makes it special and also absolutely horrifying. You're kind of this tendrilled blob that moves through the 2D environments by grasping onto walls and ceilings and propelling itself along. The animation is gross, but also it's impossible to look away, and you explore and gobble up human enemies without really any specific outline goal. You're just kind of a mad, scary, hungry blob. It's also got some Metroid inspiration in that you're solving little puzzles and backtracking and getting new abilities. I like that part of the game. I do find myself missing the option to look at a map, though. I think I get what developer Phobia Game Studio is going for. They have some tools in place and labels on walls to prevent you from needing to look at a map in theory. And I know that if a map were an option, I would be pausing to look at it often because I have an embarrassing sense of direction, even on a 2D plane in a video game. But there have been a few occasions where I got lost and I really would have benefited from being able to look at a map. In any case though, I am enjoying it so far. You should look up some gameplay just to, you know, if nothing else, see how that weird monster moves around. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kylem Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info. And please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I'm playing through something. I still haven't decided. I should probably figure that out. You can also find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussions. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. <laughs>